0: Hello there, listener, and welcome to Fishnets and Philosophy. I am your host, Mix Bell and I hope you'll join me on this journey of connection as we embark towards conversations that will be deep, meaningful, and insightful. So if that sounds like something you would enjoy... And sit back, put your headphones in, and let's get philosophical.
1: Hi, and welcome back to Fishnets and Philosophy. I am your host, Bell Morrigan. And this week, I am joined by the absolutely amazing Cindy Gallup, who is the force behind Make Love Not Porn. Um, so if you could just introduce yourself, what are your pronouns? How, any, any, how do you identify? And kind of anything else that you'd like people to know about.
2: Sure. So um, I'm Cindy Gallup. Pronouns are she and her. I'm the founder and CEO of Make Love Not Porn, pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. And I am, uh, gosh, um, you know, just um, delighted to be here, delighted to be talking to one of our Make Love Not Porn stars, always a thrill, and, and also just very happy to be basically, you know, opening up and spreading the dialogue around sex in the real world, um, not least because I'm also very happy that this is going to be heard in Ireland.
1: Yes, exactly. One hundred percent. that's where I am a makeup not porn story in Ireland and historically a country that it has a bit of a sex negative past and probably still much of a present so I'm doing whatever little bit I can to change that conversation but I suppose the first kind of place that I want to jump in on which really as you said you're the founder of Make Love Not Porn was Make Love Not Porn something that was kind of always in the back of your mind or just like similar something similar or was it more of like an unexpected idea that you just pushed to become reality?
2: Um, It was a complete and total accident so I never consciously intentionally set out to do anything that I very bizarrely find myself doing now. So, um, so maybe I've not... Poor. And, and, and by the way, Bill, everything in my life and career has happened by accident. You know, I've never planned anything. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of serendipity. My, my old boss in advertising, and for our listeners, my background is 36 years working in brand building, marketing and advertising. But my old boss, um, John Hegarty um, at BBH, the agency I spent most of my career at, He had this great mantra, do interesting things and interesting things will happen to you. And I'm a great believer in that as well. And that's pretty much what happened with Make Love Not Porn. So um, I date younger men. Um, They tend to be men in their 20s. And again, you know, I'll just contextualize that for our listeners, because the reason I do that is I am somebody who has never wanted to be married. I have never wanted children. Very glad I always knew that as opposed to finding out the hard way by having them. (laughs) <laughs> I adore being single. You know, I love living on my own. I cannot wait to die alone. And I date younger men casually and recreationally for sex. And I am deliberately very public about all of that because we don't have enough role models in our society for anybody, actually, um, not just um, women like myself, um, that demonstrate you can live your life very differently from the way that society expects you to and still be amazingly happy. And I'm one of the happiest people I know. So, um, so there I was, dating young men, um, about 13, 14 years ago, when I began realising that I was experiencing an issue that would honestly never have crossed my mind if, if I had not experienced it so very intimately and personally. I realised I was encountering what happens when two things converge. And I stressed the dual convergence because most people think it's only one thing. I realized I was experiencing what happens when today's total freedom of access to hardcore porn online meets our society's equally total reluctance to talk openly and honestly about sex. When those two things converge, by the way, again, especially in Ireland, <laughs> porn, porn becomes yeah. sex education by default in not mm-hmm. a So I found myself encountering a number of sexual behavioral memes in bed. I went, whoa. I know where that behavior is coming from. I thought, gosh, if I'm experiencing this, other people must be as well. I didn't know that. Well, because Mm. 13, 14 years ago, nobody was talking about this. Nobody was writing about it. This was me in isolation as a naturally action-oriented person going, I want to do something about this. So 12 years ago, I put up on No Money, a tiny clunky website at makelovenotporn.com that in its original iteration was just copy words. The construct Mm -hmm. was porn world versus real world. Here's what happens in the porn world. Here's what really happens in the real world. I had the opportunity to launch it at TED in 2009. I became the only TED speaker to say the words come on my face on the TED stage, six times in succession. The talk went viral as a result and it drove this extraordinary global response to my tiny website, that I had never anticipated. Thousands of people wrote to me from every country in the world, young and old, men and females, straight and gay, pouring their hearts out. And I realized I'd uncovered a huge global social issue. And so I felt, oh my God, I now have a personal responsibility. I have to take this forwards in a way that will make it much more far reaching, helpful and effective. And. I also think saw an opportunity to do what I believe very strongly, which is the future of business is doing good and making money simultaneously. I mm-hmm. saw the opportunity for a big business solution to this huge untapped global need. And I use the word big advisedly because even then 12 years ago at concept stage, I knew if I wanted to counter the global impact of porn as default sex ed, I would have to come up with something that at least had the potential one day to be just as mass, just as mainstream, and just as all pervasive in our society as porn currently is. So thinking big right from the get-go. And so what I decided to do was, I always emphasize that make love not porn is not anti-porn because the issue isn't porn. The issue is that we don't talk about sex in the real world. Mm-hmm. If we did, amongst many other benefits, people would then be able to bring a real-world mindset to the viewing of what is simply performative, produced entertainment. And so our tagline at Make Love Not Porn is, as I said, pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. And our mission is very simply to help make it easier for every single person in the world to talk openly and honestly about sex. And so, given this mission, I decided to take every dynamic in social media and apply them to this one area no other social network platform will allow in order to socialize sex and to make real world sex and talking about it socially acceptable and therefore ultimately just as socially shareable as anything else we share on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. And so that's what led to nine years ago launching Make Love Not Porn.tv which is the world's first user generated, crowdsourced video sharing platform that celebrates real world sex. So anyone from anywhere in the world can submit to us videos of themselves having real world sex, but we are very clear what we mean by this. We are not porn. We are not amateur. We are building a whole new cafe on the internet that has never before existed, social sex so our competition isn't porn it's facebook and youtube or rather mm-hmm. it would be if they allowed you <laughs> to socially such <laughs> self public sweat if they not and so social sex videos on make love but porn are not about performing for the camera they're just about doing what we all already do in every other area of life on every other social platform capture what goes on in the real world as it happens spontaneously in all its funny, messy, glorious, comical, awkward, hilarious, wonderful humanness. We curate to make sure of that. I designed to make love not porn around human curation, critically important. Our curators watch every single video submitted from beginning to end before we publish it to make sure it's real. And we have a revenue sharing business model, which are designed to democratize access to income. Our members pay to subscribe, rent and stream social sex videos Half the income goes to our contributors who we call our Make Love Not Porn stars.
0: No,
1: I just love every I'm just like nodding away because I'm just loving everything that you're saying. And it's, it's so true. That it is the one area that we as a society just don't talk about. It's like everything else, like you'll talk, share about what your passions are when it comes to movies, music, oh, everything oh. else that's part of culture. But then the one thing that's, such a big part of life, existence is sex and sexuality. And all of a sudden that's the one thing that no 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 that's supposed to be kept behind closed doors. So I just like a big like thank you for spawning this. Like the and hope I'm just like I literally tell like everyone that I know and I mention it on pretty much every episode of this podcast because I'm just because I just I just love like I'm an exhibitionist, so I just love like being able to tell people, please watch me. But it's also pushing it further to the point of like just encouraging having those conversations. And actually just kind of touching on what you kind of mentioned earlier about how the competition for Make love not Porn is the likes of Facebook and YouTube. How <laughs> in like difficult is it for make love not Porn? And just like in a wider extent, like sex educators, sex workers, to just to grow and to maintain having a livelihood when these platforms have such draconian policies in place, like how, like how do you combat
2: that? <laughs> I mean, no, um, well, you know, this is you know just um, this is the appalling thing. So. The one thing I did not realize when I embarked on this venture was that I and my team would fight an enormous battle every single day to build it. Mm -hmm. Basically because every piece of business infrastructure, any other business, any other tech startup can take for granted. We can't. The small print always says no adult content. And this is all pervasive across every single area of the business in ways that people outside the sphere don't realize. So um, I can't get funded. I can't get banked. It took me four years to find one bank here in America that would allow me to open a business bank account for Make Love Not, Not Born. Our single biggest day-to-day challenge is payments. You know, PayPal won't work with adult content. Stripe that enables you to take credit cards on the internet can't. We are forced to work with adult-friendly payment processors. Where you know, A, their rates are extortionate because mm. you know, there's nowhere else to go. We pay out 12% of our income in payment processing fees every month. And, and for our benefit, you know, the, the industry standard is 2.5. Okay. And, and, and B, and B, you know, because we have nowhere else to go, um, these processes are very badly designed to work with. And so they don't work mm. well either. I mean, if we could work with PayPal, if we could work with Stripe, we triple our income overnight. And our Make Love Not Porn stars payouts without doing anything else. You know? Every single tech service, we, we need to use a Make Love Not Porn to operate our video stream platform, hosting, encoding, encrypting. The terms of service always say no adult content. In every single case, I have to go to the people at the top of the company, explain what we're doing, beg to be allowed to use their service. Sometimes, for some of them don't, it's a very labor intensive process. You know, we had to build our entire video sharing platform from scratch ourselves as proprietary technology, because existing streaming services will not stream adult content. I'm so jealous of friends who built video startups on top of Vimeo. Quick, easy, simple, I can't do that. Even something as simple as finding an email partner to send our membership emails out with. MailChimp won't work with adult content. You know, we were rejected by six or seven till we found one would. Everything is a battle. And the... You know, the most frustrating thing after the payments point is we can't advertise. So Facebook, Mm. Instagram et al, ban any form of, and by the way, there is a massive gender bias here. It's not just sex. Any Mm -hmm. female lens, sexual health and wellness ventures, you know, it's not just make love not porn that can't advertise, you know, menstruation ventures can't advertise, menopause ventures can't advertise. in the meantime, however, male sex tech, erectile dysfunction, come on in, you know. Um, and yeah. by the way, this, this also applies to traditional media out here, you know, billboards, the subway, etc.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And and this is a massive business inhibitor for make love not porn because we are a very media responsive venture. And so, you know, and to demonstrate that by the way, Bill, you know, um interestingly people all around the world search for us every day without knowing that we exist. And what I mean by that is the top organic search terms that drive people to make love not porn are make love, not porn, real sex not porn, make love not porn when they don't know there's a business actually for that. One young man told me that he found us when he Googled porn that is not porn because he was so fed up with everything out there Mm-hmm. He wanted something different. He had no idea what to search for. And when you Google porn, that is not porn, you find make love not porn. <laughs> that, that gives you some idea of how much people know they want what we deliver, but we can't mm-hmm. advertise it. And so I'm constantly trying to break down these barriers because, you know, as I've been saying for a long time, when you have a truly world changing startup, you have to change the world to fit it, not the other way around. And so what I'm always trying to do is create case studies. Um, so, um, so, so for example, um, I was asked a couple months ago um, in my advertising career context to judge an advertising awards scheme in, in Australia, which is happening at the, at the end of June. And it's being um, held by, um, it's being backed by a very big media conglomerate in Australia called Nine, who own a media properties.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: you know, I, um, unfortunately, until we raise the kind of funding that we really need, I still have to support myself alongside Building Mate Love Not Porn, and I do that through doing paid speaking consultancy. So normally when I'm asked to do an engagement like this, I would, I would charge a fee for doing it. But I said to Nine in Australia, I said, um, I will, I will happily judge your award scheme. You don't have to pay me, I will do it in return you giving make love not porn advertising space in your media properties for free and and um and the person i was talking to is a big fan and supporter and she said absolutely and so we have a pro bono digital media campaign running at the moment in properties in australia um in the run up to the end of june now um pro bono advertising space is not necessarily going to move the needle on our business because it means you kind of get the leftover inventory that hmm. they want to give you free. But the more important thing about this was, I now have a case study I can point to where I can go, look, they ran our ads and the sky didn't fall. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing <laughs> <have> happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and, and so I'm hoping to be able to use that with other platforms um, to persuade them to to advertise us. Um, the other thing we did in this context, and you're familiar with this, obviously, is that we started a podcast. And you know, and by the way, you know, um, that was partly you know people have been saying to us for years. We want to make love, not porn podcasts, But but I always said to my team, you know, I mean, everybody has a podcast these days. So, you know, I'm um, <laughs> <obviously, Yep>. but, <laughs> but, but, but what I meant by that was it's very important that our podcast is uniquely distinctive,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it is because you know um, we have this unique window to how everybody has sex in the real world, for real. And so, you know, um, as you know, because you have been interviewed on our podcast, um, but to, for the benefit of our listeners, our podcast is called The Social Sex Revolution, and it's hosted by our wonderful curator, Bex Caputo. Um, and we, every week we interview a different Make Love Not Porn star about their personal journey to Make Love Not Porn. And then Beck's now community manager Ariel do what we call Curation Corner, which is where they talk about the unique insights and observations we have into how the world is really having sex. And, um, and so, you know, it, it's a fantastic podcast in itself. I mean, I, I love it to death, obviously I'm biased, but I just adore listening to <laughs> it. But, um, but to be frank, Bill, there was also a very practical reason for creating our podcast because we now have something to advertise that is not our website. Mm -hmm. and so um, and sadly that is necessary because a lot of platforms and media outlets go you cannot advertise adult content but what we can do is we can advertise our podcast because then we're just advertising a podcast and so um we've actually um you know started creating ads Um, in fact we're running an ad on pandora at the moment for our podcast um on the premise that honestly Listen to any episode of our podcast and there is no way that you're not going, oh my God, have to watch all that Make Not The Paws videos right now. You know, have to check out what they're talking about in Curation Corner. And so actually our podcast is a terrific marketing tool for us as well.
1: No, I love that. And yes, I was so flattered that I was asked to be a guest on the podcast as well. And I had such a wonderful time talking with Bex. And yes, it is a fantastic podcast as well. And like you said, it is that insight into the lives of the make love not porn stars like and it's like it's a really great way in the same sense that anyone who's like say even a fan of like mainstream porn like when you follow the porn star the adult actor on social media you get that glimpse into their Mm. life so the the pop make love not porn podcast is a really good way of getting that glimpse of into the lives of the make love not porn stars and i just love how it's pushing everything and promoting it and You're right. It is such a shame that that's the only way you get to advertise the actual overall business. Like, you should be able to just advertise the business itself. But speaking on the business itself, and it's kind of like something that you touched on earlier when you did say that so much of like the way that, you know, the big tech companies and everything are set up is they're very anti adult content, anti sex, but they're also. As you said, there is very much of a gender bias, like in the sense that all across the world, when it comes to sex tech, sex advertising in relation to men, that can, that's, you know, floats through, that's allowed. But when it comes to women, it isn't. So my kind of, well, I was wondering, do you think that if it was a man that was running make love not porn it would be easier to get the funding like do you find that it's like you're almost having to run to get where a man would probably be able to walk to which I hate about our patriarchal society but I'm wondering do you think that that would be a reality if that was the case
2: well you know it's funny because <laughs> I felt first of all I've been asked that question by reporters <laughs> before and my response when I'm asked you know, do you think a man would have found it easier to raise funding to make another poor My response is, a man would never have had this idea. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: um,
2: now, um, now, now that, that being said, you're quite right. You know, I, I um, you know, I, I describe myself as, I represent the triple whammy of unfundability. I'm female, I'm older, I have a sex tech venture. By the way, um, I theoretically have a fourth strike against me but in this case, it doesn't apply because I'm white-passing, but um, I'm I'm half Chinese, so I am actually also a looker. Mm. But but that is not immediately obvious um, because I dye my hair. <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I'll I'll let you know. I'll let that one go. Um, we'll keep it at three. But um, it, uh, um no. Um, t- to be perfectly frank, um, Belle, you're absolutely right. If I was a white straight man, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'd be in a different position. You know, t- um, for. For all sorts of reasons that, that, that are also to do um, with precisely why Make Love Not Porn's mission to make it easier to talk about sex, which is, you know, to, um, um, you know, to, um, the the white male investors that sadly dominate where the money is are um, they're enormously uncomfortable talking to women, period. But they're also uncomfortable talking to women about anything remotely intimate and sex related. Um, and um, and so um, you know here's um, here's the, um, the, the the difficult thing about uh, my efforts to raise funding. I mean, first of all, in the conventional funding world, my biggest obstacle is the social dynamic that I call fear of what other people will think, which operates mm-hmm. around sex unlike any other area. You know, yeah. it is never about what the person I'm talking to thinks. Um, Because when you understand what we're doing and why we're doing it to make other people, nobody can argue with it. Um, The business case is clear. It's always their fear of what they think other people will think. And by Mm -hmm. the way, the fear of what other people will think is the single most paralyzing dynamic in business and in life. You will never own the future to care what other people think. Now, um, I know that my investors are out there. They absolutely are. But unfortunately, they are impossible to find by the usual means, because Mm -hmm. they all have one thing in common. Your willingness to fund Make Love Not Porn is entirely a function of your personal sexual journey. It's a Mm -hmm. function of your personal lens on sex and sexuality, driven by your own experience. And I have zero way to research and target for that. (laughs) Um, Not least because sex is... The one area where you cannot tell from the outside what anybody thinks on the inside. The people who look like they totally get it, don't. The people who look like the total prudes do. And so this is why I put what I'm doing out there all the time, because I have to rely on those synaptic connections being made that will draw those people to me. Mm -hmm. And, And it does happen every so often, but it is a very long, slow, painful process.
1: Yeah, no, I can imagine how increasingly difficult it is. And actually just something that you mentioned there as well, which is just it is so true. That whole thing about fear of what other people will think is incredibly paralyzing. <laughs> like um that was what literally paralyzed me for pretty much all of my life until last year in the middle of the pandemic, because I wasn't having to be in social situations. You know, I was like, huh, gender, <laughs> then realized, huh, I'm, I don't think I'm a man. I don't think I ever was a man. And once I kind of like walked into that, it removed that par- like that paralyzing fear because it was just like, I'm being me. Like, you know, that's all that matters. Like, and it's just been amazing seeing like, since that I've made that decision, and it's not really a decision. It's more like embraced who i always was since that's happened everything's kind of just started falling into place i've had better connections come into my life both like you know platonic romantic mix of everything and then my podcast has started everything going up rosy i started on make Love not Porn as well so yeah everything it's gone fantastic and it's so it just yeah you just wish that that fear if we could remove it and i think through Make Love Not Porn and through encouraging talking about sex and sexuality, encouraging vulnerability, it will stop that fear having such a placehold in multiple people's lives. Like, um, as I'd say, you probably notice the same just through people who are subscribers or also other Make Love Not Porn stars. But there is that thing of like, until you start talking about sex, until you start kind of even socially sharing sex, you kind of think, when it comes to sex and sexuality that what you what's happened to you or what you enjoy you're the only person that feels that or that so you're the only person that's happened to and because nobody talks about it you think you're alone and Make Love Not Porn does such a great job of like like there was stuff you know that I knew I was into but seeing on Make Love Not Porn other people experiencing those things that I kind of had an idea I was into and then seeing it actualized was like yeah, no, I definitely want to try that. I think I'm definitely into it. But it's so true, and I'm wondering if you've noticed that through the Make Love Not Porn stars and through members, if what they've mentioned to you that discovering the platform, discovering the website, has helped people share their sex, like helped people embrace that vulnerability.
2: Oh no, absolutely, and about I mean, th- this is what keeps us all going through these, you know, all these battles we fight every day because. As a unique venture, Make Love Up Born has a unique capability. We have the power to change people's sexual attitudes and behavior for the better in a way that very few other things can. And, and so, you know, the great thing about us is that, you know, to your point, everything you're seeing is, you know, how it is in the real world. You know, and incidentally, one of the things I talk about is all around us in popular culture, we see many very creative expressions and narratives of relationships, but we never Mm -hmm. see the actual sex. On Make Love Not Porn, you see the actual sex, but you also see the relationships. Because in our videos, the two things are indivisible. And when I say that, Belle, I don't just mean that you see healthy relationship dynamics in our partnered couple, threesome, whatever videos. I mean that you also see in our solo Make Love Not Porn star videos, healthy relationships with their their own selves you know their their relationships with themselves their bodies their genitals their (laughs) sexuality and that is inspirational and transformative for the people who see that for the first time ever and to your point go oh my god i can be like this too
1: yeah, no, exactly. 100%. I think that's like one of the motivations why I share on there is just like, you know, the like I am a non-binary person and just if anyone else were to be able to like see uh, who followed under the same gender identity or just saw a body like mine and just kind of like, I can do that stuff too. And it's just like, great. Yes, that's what I want to encourage. And actually speaking about the sharing of, um, sex and the Social Sex Revolution. There was something that I thought about, and I'm wondering if it's something that's even at all on like the future for Make Love, Not Porn. But I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. Um, it was a very not a great movie, but it's called um, Girl Next Door. It's with Emil Hirsch and Alicia Cuthbert. But basically, premise of the movie is that this high school kid ends up working with porn stars to create an actual sex ed video for schools but it shows the actual like you know sex acts and stuff like that rather than the terrible kind of textbook version like a very informative thing and i'm wondering like is that like do you think when we get to when and i say when not if when when we get to a place within society where we can be share more social sex do you think that's something that would like that it could be branched into a part of an educational thing, as in, in the sense that going into like creating, like, obviously not super explicit, but creating videos that kind of show how to, like, you know, consent and, you know, condom use and stuff like that.
2: Well, well, well actually, Belle, that's what we are already. So, um, so I designed Make Love Not Porn as a social sex video sharing platform because. The number one usage for YouTube globally is how-to videos. It far outstrips YouTube's second biggest use case, which is entertainment. First and foremost, people all around the world go to YouTube for how-to videos and how to do anything and everything. I designed Make Love Not Porn to be the global go-to hub for how-to videos on everything to do with real-world sex. We are education through real-world demonstration. And that's the difference because you are learning from how everybody else does it in the real world, which by the way, mm. is how everybody on YouTube is learning from those how-to videos, from how people do it in the real world. That's the way you learn education through demonstration. You don't learn it fun. I'm sure that movie is, by posing porn stars, talking you through, you know. Um, so, so, so literally we are, we are sex education in, in a real world context. And, um, and evidence of that is that we have um, a number of parents have told us that they have bought subscriptions to make love not porn for their 18 and over 20 something children, because they want them to see what happy, healthy sex relationships look like. Now, um, obviously, we are, you know, fully legal. So we are only for 18 and over. Mm-hmm. Um, although equally, obviously, you know, it's absent parents' discretion you know, what they want to do in terms of, you know, giving their children access.
0: Mm -hmm. But
2: I do also have a whole, um, uh, you know, um, more formal sex education play for Make Love Not Porn that I'm trying to raise funding for as well. And so, uh, uh, and I've been trying for seven years, actually, but I'm hoping that this time around, I I will actually do it. But um, I, um, um, so I want to build out an expansion of Make Love Not Porn to be what I call the Khan Academy of Sex Education. Because Khan Academy, the online tutoring platform, tutors mm. on every other topic under the sun except this one. <laughs> Educational technology, edtech, exploding. Not in this category. So, um, but but the point about Make Love Not Porn Academy, uh, Bella, and this is true of every expansion, of Make Love Not Porn, because I have a whole roadmap for the future, but I need funding to achieve it. But um, every expansion um, is based on the same principles as MakeLoveNotPorn.tv: crowdsourced, user-generated human curated revenue share Um, because I'm not about reinventing the wheel I'm about aggregating the brilliant things that already exist so um, the idea for makelovenotporn.academy and by the way we've bought the url there's a holding landing page there at the moment is that we would open up this area of our platform to sex educators from all around the world so they can submit to us their own you know coursework materials videos Mm. books comic strips blogs whatever it is now, um, we will, as we always do, curate, because we only ever publish what is Make Love, Not porn endorsed. endorse. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you are an American sex educator, and you submitted what is depressingly popular over here, abstinence-only sex education, we're not publishing that. Because we do not endorse the so-called education approach that goes, don't do it, it doesn't work, okay? Mm-hmm. So, we, we would then publish segmented by age appropriateness, so if you're a parent freaking out going, oh my God, my six-year-old has asked about this. What do I say? You know, here's the area you would go for entirely age-appropriate tools and content to have that conversation with a six-year-old. If you're a teacher with a class of 14-year-olds, here's your area for age-appropriate. You know, if you're an adult, access all areas because adults are desperate for this information. <laughs> um, some of this will be free to access, but we would also charge to download, subscribe, bulk mm-hmm. buy your school different revenue streams, different use cases. Uh, And by the way, we're talking a bloody huge revenue stream because the world is crying out for this. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: we would then split the income 50-50 with its creators, the same way we do with our Make Make Love of All Stars. Because right now, Bill, nobody goes into sex education to make money. I have friends who are brilliant sex educators, but I'm dying to help them promote their work. They can't make a living doing this. They've had to take other jobs. They fight all the same battles we do. I want to change that because this is enormously valuable work. So 100%. We're to
1: get that into it as well. 100% and I like I I am putting all the positive vibes out into the world and I'll spread word however I can but I hope that that becomes a reality cuz it's needed and like cuz it is it is so glaringly obvious how we don't talk about sex in the point that it's not something that like parents are comfortable talking with their children about unless they were lucky enough to have parents that had those open dialogues but anyone who didn't because they didn't have it from their parents they don't know like it just continues through the generations and like you said if a six-year-old comes up with a question we need to approach that from the position of you know in giving into the curiosity giving them the information obviously in an age-appropriate sense rather than shutting it down and telling them it's not something that they need to know about like and it can it just starts from little things like i know a good few of my friends who are parents who are you know doing the wonderful thing of teaching their own children about consent in the sense that it's their body so anyone has to ask them for a hug or a kiss on the cheek and if they say no that has to be respected and it's so great to see that parents are starting to teach those lessons at such a young age and it's just I'm just like it just needs to be expanded to the sense that like about sex and sexuality because <laughs> that's still the one thing we don't talk about <laughs> yes, no,
2: exactly and the thing is well it's really really simple to do so the two pieces of advice that that I give parents um all the time um and once we build make love not born academy I can share these you, but First of all, I say, you know, today, you cannot begin talking to your child about sex too early. And when I say that, I don't mean we should talk about sex. What I mean is, the very first time your child asks where babies come from, you know, touches their genitals, the most important thing isn't even what you say as much as how you say it. Mm -hmm. Never ever get visibly embarrassed. Never get flustered, never get angry, never shut them up, never put them down. Instead, answer calmly, straightforwardly, honestly, truthfully, and you will open up a channel of communication that will be there for them for the rest of their lives. And that will enormously benefit both of you. And then the second thing I say to parents is today, when you talk to your child about sex, you must also talk to your child about porn. And this is much easier to do than parents realize because all you have to do as a parent is say something like what I'm about to share, And you dial it up or down depending on the age of the child. So you go, so darling, we've just, you know, we just talked about sex. And you know how together we watch movies, videos, cartoons, TV shows where things happen that aren't real. Well, there are also movies and videos about sex, and they're not real either. And because of that, they can be quite confusing, and so we'd rather you didn't watch until you're older. But If you ever come across anything like that, or somebody shows it to you, come and talk to us, we can explain it. And that's all you have to say, because you have done two very important things. First of all, you have set up in their minds for when they stumble across porn, and they will, that it's not real. And secondly, you have said, you can come and talk to us about it. And you will want them to, Because the kind of porn they like to stumble across as a kid can be utterly traumatizing.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, one hundred and exactly like you said, it is that simple. And I'm just hoping that all the parents worldwide that need to hear that, hear it and receive it, and because like it's it is one of those things that you know like it's a societal shift that's needed but it also starts at like an interpersonal level as in like society doesn't change if people individually don't change so it's like it's a given 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 go given push and but yeah so hopefully we get to a place where those conversations happen normally and speaking of kind of conversations this is one of the things that i love about the make love not porn and the videos and um i'd say it's one of the main reasons why you've push to bring it into the world but what i love is that the videos show communication they show that consent is hot consent is sexy like we get so much of this negative like narrative from straight white men (laughs) that um, basically oh you want me to ask like point blankly you want me to put fill out get them to fill out a form and it's like no stop being exaggerating it's like whispering in someone's ear can i put my hand here or can i like and your videos show those happening in real time and it's beautiful and it's hot and i just love how your videos push that message and i'm wondering if that was another kind of like something that you noticed in your own life which is what pushed for make love not Porn.
2: No, no, absolutely. You know, when I say that make love not porns single-minded mission is to make it easier to talk about sex. You know, uh, make, make love porn is an accident. What is no accident is that my background is thirty-six years working in advertising. I've spent thirty-six years working in the business of communication. I know, therefore, that everything great in life and business is born out of great communication, and sex is no different. Great sex is born out of great communication. But, but, but the point about um consent with make love not porn bell is that it starts further back than that Mm -hmm. so you know again when i say that our mission is this very simple thing make it easy to talk about sex because we don't do that currently people don't get how massively profoundly society transformative that would be and what i mean by that is i designed make love not porn around my own beliefs and philosophies one of which is that everything in life I believe that you know everything in life starts with you and your values. So I regularly ask people this question: What are your sexual values? And nobody can ever answer me because we're not taught to think like that. Our parents bring us up to have good manners, work ethic, sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed, but they should, because in bed values like empathy, sensitivity, generosity, kindness, honesty, respect are as important as those values are in every other area of our lives where we're actively taught to exercise them. So, you know, this is my vision for a world in which Make Love Not Porn is funded to achieve our mission scale. Parents will bring their children up openly to hack good sexual values and good sexual behavior, in the same way that parents currently bring kids up to have good values and behavior in every other area of life, we will therefore cease to bring up rapists. Because Mm. the only way that you end rape culture, and by the way, this really is the only way, is by inculcating in society and openly talked about, promoted, operated, and very importantly, aspired to gold standard of what constitutes good sexual values and good sexual behavior. When we do that, we also end Me Too. We end mm-hmm. sexual harassment, abuse, violence, all areas where the perpetrators currently rely on the fact that we do not talk about sex to ensure victims never speak up, never go to authorities, never to anybody. When we end that, we massively empower women and girls worldwide. When we do that, we create a far happier world for everybody, including men. And when mm-hmm. we do that, we are one step closer to world peace. I talk about Make Love at Porns, so but think about world peace, and I'm not joking. And so in that sense, Bill, um, you know, given what you were asking about, um, what we're doing could not be more relevant in the era of Me Too, because right now, quite rightly, as you've said, everybody is talking about consent. Everybody is writing about consent. There are lots of thoughtful, nuanced, insightful, think pieces out there about consent. Here's the problem. Nobody knows what consent actually looks like in bed. The only way you educate people as to what is great consensual communicative sex, good sexual values and behavior, is by watching people actually having that kind of sex. And make love not porn is the only place on the Internet where you can do that. You know, and and so that that is why, as I said, we are consent education through real world demonstration.
1: Exactly. 100 percent. And it's so, so true, because like that is, you know, the thing uh, again like you know about porn is that it's performance and because it's this fake exaggerated performative thing you don't see that communication because that happens off camera when the contracts are signed and boundaries are discussed on a good ethical porn set because of course there are sets that aren't ethical but on an ethical porn set Boundaries are discussed, you see the lube get used, you see all that stuff, and then the camera gets turned on to show the performance piece. Whereas with Make Love Not Porn, real sex, you get to see all that. You get to see the conversation. You get to see the lube getting brought out. (laughs) And
2: and importantly also, so, you know, we absolutely, as you say, you know, so we have a ton of BDSM kink, uh, and and in real-world sex videos on Make Love Not Porn, you see the negotiation beforehand. You see the boundaries (laughs) being set. And, and then afterwards, you see the aftercare. You see the coming down. You know that you see the cuddling. Um, but also, importantly, only on Make Love and Porn, when you see, for example, you know, a couple decide to do a role play, and then halfway through, one of them goes, "You know what? Not really doing it for me." And then one goes, "Yeah, it's a bit meh." And they go, "Let's just stop." You know. And and the point is, it's very low stakes. It's absolutely fine to try something and then discover you don't like it after all. You know, and again, that's the reassuring element of what we are, real world sex.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no,
1: exactly. I love that. And I think when you say that comes back to having those good sexual values in the sense that when you as a person individually have those healthy, good sexual values and you interact with a partner or partners who also shares in those values, those moments can happen as in you can have those moments of vulnerability of a midway through a scene both you kind of going you know what this isn't really doing it and that not being a problem because that's unfortunately something that is lacking in so many people's sexual lives and like you know to the point where the fact that it's almost a joke now because it's so frequent but the whole thing about you know a lot of women and femme folks, you know, pretending to orgasm, you know, to either finish the job or whatever to satisfy their man partners. And again, that's comes down to those men probably not having the best sexual values, but also as a wider set, because we don't talk about sex, a lot of people don't know that it that is either one unhealthy and doesn't help and either partner and it's like hopefully through make love not porn which I love as well it shows that orgasms are great but that's not what sex is that's just a happy you know happy not accident but happy end result but it's not the goal there is no goal it's just good healthy sex and I'm wondering if that's another thing that you hope make love not porn will combat and change is those type of almost harmful kind of sexual experiences that people have at the moment.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, because, you know, I am my own research lab. I'm very open about the fact that I date younger men, casual recreation, I date a lot of them. I experienced myself exactly how this plays out in the real world all the time, which again is what motivated me to start making up Up more in the first place and what motivates me to keep it going. and. You know, I think it's important too, Bel, well, to just acknowledge that, you know, overly often driven by the best of all possible motives, it's not sex as a society. It's mm-hmm. an area of rampant insecurity for every single one of us. Mm-hmm. We all get vulnerable when we get naked. Sexual ego is very fragile, and that is why, you know people very bizarrely find it difficult to talk about sex with the people they're actually having it with while they're actually having it. Because in that situation, you are terrified that if you say anything at all about what is happening, if you comment on the action way at all, you will potentially hurt the other person's feelings, you will put them off you, you will derail the encounter, you'll potentially derail the entire relationship, but at the same time, You want to please your partner. You want to make them happy. Everybody wants to be good in bed. Nobody knows exactly what that means. And so you will seize your cues on how to do that from anywhere you can. Mm -hmm. And if the only cues you've ever seen are in porn, because your parents didn't talk to you about sex, because your school didn't teach you, because your friends aren't honest, those are the cues you're going to take to not very good effect. And Mm -hmm. so that, again, is why, you know, Make Love Not Porn exists purely and simply to make it easier for everyone to talk about sex. And it's as much about how we do what we do as what we do, because, you know, everything about Make Love Not Porn is consciously and intentionally designed to make sex social. So, for example, you know, back when we were building of the site, my lead user experience designer, Uni Chase, she said to me, Everything to do with sex on the internet is dark and black. We're going to be white
0: mm-hmm. because
2: we are bringing all this out into the sunshine. That is why "Make Love, Not Porn"'s background is white. You know, um, that is why our homepage is entirely safe for work. You know, because we want this to be the website where, when somebody sits down next to you, you never have to slam your laptop shut. It's okay to make love, not porn. You know, and so couples tell us that you know, they had real breakthroughs in communication because one couple said, watching your videos and then talking about them was as natural as talking about something you just watched on Netflix, on the BBC, you know, on television. And that led through breakthroughs in talking about their own sex life accordingly because we made it completely natural and normal. And so that is, you know, literally every single thing about Make Love Not Porn is designed to make it completely natural and normal to communicate better around sex. And by the way, um, you know, I'm blown away all the time, Bill, by not only how well Make Love Not Porn does what we designed it to do, but how well it does things that I never designed it to do. So, you know, yes, we hear all the time, you saved our relationship, you saved our marriage. But I'm, I'm gobsmacked about the fact that we hear regularly from survivors of rape, sexual assault, sexual abuse. And by the way, we hear from female and male survivors who tell us that make love not porn help them reclaim their body. Make love not porn help them feel able to be a sexual being again, to reclaim their sexuality because of our really healthy, you know, real world showcasing of wonderful real world sex.
1: Wow, Um, yeah, like that's just an amazing, effect that I, and i can understand how it's probably also somewhat blown you away when you said it wasn't something that was intended and that's absolutely amazing and i'm so happy for those people that it has happened and it has um occurred and there's actually something that you mentioned this, um earlier which i kind of wanted to touch on but you said about like you know when it comes to the bedroom like sexual egos are fragile but also when people are naked that's when you are at your most vulnerable and a lot of time you're almost at your most fearful and it's something that i actually touched on on my episode on the make love not Porn podcast but it is i think part of linked with the fact that we don't talk about sex or sexuality linked with that is the fact that as society we've moved away from our bodies like I think myself as a person who's into philosophy I think it kind of harkens back to the whole kind of Cartesian dualism in the sense that we're viewing as like we're, we're intelligent beings we're, we just happen to be in these bodies so because we removed ourselves from our bodies It means we've also removed ourselves from our naked bodies. So it's the fact that people don't have that connection with their naked bodies. And then add on to that, the fact that society tells you you're not allowed to talk about sex outside of the bedroom, if you can even talk about it in the bedroom. No wonder people have such negative and damaging, not damaging, but like negative and like almost bad relationships when it comes to sex and sexuality and i'm thinking wondering if you think the same if like even if people were embraced ideas of nudism and naturism and stuff like do you think that would help get us to a place of talking about sex more
2: <laughs> well, what, what, well actually you've you touched on something that that is one of the many social benefits that make love not porn delivers because we celebrate real world everything real world bodies real world hair real world penis size, real world breast size. And the reason that's crucially important is because you can talk body positivity all you like. You can preach self-love till you're blue in the face. At the end of the day, nothing makes you feel great about your own body, like seeing people who are nobody's idea of aspirational body types getting turned on by each other, desiring Mm -hmm. each other, having an amazing time in bed, our mantra at Make Love Not Porn is, everybody is beautiful when they're having real world sex and they really are. And so we hear from our members all the time, your videos made me feel better about my own body. You know, one man wrote to us and said, my girlfriend and I now both feel able to be more open and central with each other because watching your videos made each of us feel better about our own bodies. And so that's a really important part of, to your point, you know, body reconciliation and feeling at one with your body and loving it and accepting it. And and absolutely realizing that, you know, what makes you sexy is not at all how you look. It's who you are. And your body is just a glorious manifestation of you.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we are embodied beings. Like, we are in our bodies. We're not separate to it. We're part of our bodies. And I think that is, I think that's one of the reasons why there is so much negativity when it comes to body images. one thing it's because a lot of the media pushes the way a body should look like and if you don't look like that body then you're a terrible human (laughs) which is just such negative messaging and it doesn't help but I also think it is because people are removed from their bodies so they don't like their bodies meaning they don't like what they're looking at whereas if they view themselves as being their body it might make it easier and obviously that's probably more applicable to cisgender people because transgender people it's a different story or non-binary people I go up and down some days I'm like yeah this is my body other days I'm like god I wish I could just you know detach certain body parts when I don't want to have them there like (laughs) I wish we could do that I'm like praying for the future when you can have detachable body parts (laughs) it would make things so much easier (laughs) but uh We're coming up to kind of almost an hour now. So I want to go back to one of the questions that I have down. And actually, yes, this is, I think, one of the reasons. And it's one of the things I love about Make Love Not Porn. But one of the reasons that I love Make Love Not Porn is that it is deconstructing our ideas of what sex is, of what sex can look like, in the sense that your site, as you said, shows bodies of all different shapes and sizes but it also shows people of different genders it shows queer sex not just straight heterosex and because it displays that and it shows that it has helps to deconstruct the idea of what sex can look like in the sense that we get this social messaging that sex is penis and vagina penetration if that hasn't happened sex hadn't occurred whereas your site shows the beautiful ways that sex can happen and sex can look. And I'm wondering, do you think that that will be one of the positive outcomes of Make Love Not Porn? is having a wider deconstruction of how sex can look?
2: Um, um, I think that that has the ability, again, um, Bill, to be profoundly society transformative in many, many ways, one of which is um, that has the ability to completely break down bias. And, and I explain what I mean. Um, before we launched Make Love Not Born nine years ago, we obviously had to seed the platform with content pre-launch. So I and our then curator Sarah spent a year asking our whole networks and complete strangers: will you film yourself having real-world sex <laughs> with? And, and through this process, we were, were connected with a young gay male couple here in New York. Um, in a committed relationship, madly in love with each other. And so they um shared and um, pre launch a wonderful 45-minute video of amazing loving gay male sex. And it was adorable because they were besotted with each other, and that just radiated through, you know, lots of kissing and you know, um, 45 minutes of glorious, you know, um gay male, you know, blowjob, anal sex, etc. Um, and then just before we launched, they asked to pull the video. Because they'd shown their faces, one of them worked in education. They got cold feet, and mm-hmm. as you know, on Make Love Not Porn, the moment you want your video down, it's gone. You know, um, literally. You know, we might publish a video one day. You're free to change your mind overnight. Until the next morning, we'll take it down. You know, that's our commitment on Make Love Not Porn. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, for the video, but I wrote to these two young men, and I said, you know, absolutely fine. You know, however, I said I hope at some point further down the line you will allow us to publish this video, and here's the reason why. The nature of Make Love Not Porn is such that people would watch that video who would never normally watch gay gay porn, for example. And if you needed it, that video had the power to completely transform your worldview of what you think gay male sex is. Because if you are homophobic, you think that gay male sex is whips, chains, dungeons, Satan's pit of hell. When you watch two human beings loving each other, The same way you love your partner. I believe that has the power to completely transform your attitude towards people's sexuality is not the same as yours. I believe that is the power of social sex at (laughs) scale.
1: Wow. And yes, and also so fitting for that story on the first day of pride as well. Like, yes, I'm brilliant and I think that's um, a really hopeful message to bring us into our winding down session of the talk because it's been such a fantastic conversation
0: and oh, so many beautiful things have been said.
2: I must just share with, with you and our audience one more story because as it is uh, the first um, day of pride you know uh, a- a- again it's, it's so wonderful that we're helpful because a woman left this wonderful message on one of our lesbian videos she said I've been in the closet for 25 years. I've just come out. I have never had sex with a woman. This video showed me how to make love to a woman. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, yes, I I love that. And again, like you said, that's another brilliant thing about real world sex, about make love, not porn. Because again, when it comes to porn, which is entertainment and a spectacle, A lot of lesbian porn is filmed from (laughs) a male gaze. So it's not good. Exactly. It's not going to be of any use to anyone who wants to know. It's not going to be helpful at all. Um, But I'd like to, and thank you for sharing that. That's another beautiful story. Um, But I like to end my podcast with three questions and then I'll ask you to kind of just plug whatever you want to plug. So basically the three questions. First one, And I think you'll be able to give a pretty succinct and beautiful answer because you've shared so many wonderful things. When you hear the word philosophy, what comes to mind?
2: When I hear the word philosophy, um, I just think mind expansion.
1: I love that. I love that. And yes, beautiful brilliant answer i love that Um, okay so next question currently at the moment what is something that is giving you joy
2: um do you know um warm weather i'm sorry it's really it's really small and trivial but here in new york you know it's finally summer is finally arriving and it makes such a difference to your mood
1: yes no even here in ireland we're starting to get reasonably better weather and it it does it just uplifts you and it makes everything seem slightly more tolerable and better um, pretty beautiful i love that and last and um, question is what is something that and it's probably uh, going to be a great answer as well but what's something that you're hopeful for for the future
2: oh um well you know obviously i would say this but i'm just very hopeful that we can get make love not porn funded to scale to change the world through sex. Um, And that's important, Val, because as I like to say, make love not porn operates in the single biggest market of them all. Not sex, not porn, the market of human happiness.
1: I love that. And if there's anything that we need more in the world, it's more transformative human happiness. So yes, I hope and wish that you get everything coming your way and it happens so that make love not porn will be as successful as it deserves to be to help make the world a better place because that's what i want the world to be a better place and through sharing my videos if i can help that be become a reality then so be it i love that um okay so before i let you go just uh where can people find you on social media anything that you'd like to plug and just kind of anything else that you might like to share before we close off
2: sure so you know, I'd love everyone to follow me and Make Love Not Porn um, at Cindy Gallup at Make Love Not Porn on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, on Facebook, at Cindy.Gallop, and our page is MLNPTV. And on, um, you can find me on LinkedIn, so I'm there as well. If you want to follow me there? And I would just say to our listeners, you know, a do support Make Love Not Porn. You know, sign up, subscribe. It starts at ten dollars a month, so it's eminently affordable. B, you know, consider becoming a make of not porn star as Bell can testify as a transformative experience. And C, and I will just say, um, you know, I've, I've visited Ireland and spoken at um, the at Web Summit and other events many times. Um, we've been covered a lot in the Irish media. Every time we are Ireland rockets to be number two in traffic after the US, um, I would love to find Irish investors. So if anybody ever comes across anybody open-minded in ireland who would like to fund make love not porn tell them to hit me up cindy at makelovenotporn.com make <laughs> irish love not porn
1: <laughs> i love that yes that's going to be the hashtag for our episode i love that thank you thank you so much for coming on and speaking with me today
0: hello listener thank you for coming on this journey with me if you would like to be there for the next stop on this adventure, then please like subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow my Instagram, which is mix That's M X B E L M O R R I G A N. And tell your friends that you too want to help make the world a better place. One conversation at a time.